The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We thank you that we have hope in you. And that hope can never be extinguished. We thank you for the thoughts that you have for us. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to bring us into an expected end. We thank you for takeover. And we thank you that you are bringing all of us into the promise, into the inheritance, into the rest that you have in store for us. Again, we say take all the praise, take all the glory. And speak to our hearts once again. Stay our hearts once again. Let our ears be open to hear your voice. To hear a word in season. Let the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. That we may see what the natural eye cannot see. And we thank you for your fresh grace. And your fresh power on our lives. To bring us into the land that you have ordained for us. Take all the praise, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worshipped and we have prayed. And somebody shouted another amen. Welcome your neighbor to your left, to your right. Tell them welcome to your takeover season. Ask your neighbor for me. I hope you are not sleeping. I hope you are not jonesing. Ask your neighbor, I hope you are not missing out. <laughs> Glory be to God. It's a joy to see our faces again. Um, I want to believe most, if not all of us, were at Supernatural and you had a wonderful time. Can we give the Lord another round of applause and just celebrate God for that conference? We thank God for such an amazing time. Those four days were powerful four days. And I hope you've taken some time to recover. We are a bit silent all through the course of the week. Really, if you've been in church, you know that's what we normally do. So people can get a few days of rest. And then we start again. Somebody say we are starting again. Hallelujah. I want us to specially appreciate all the workers that served us all through Supernatural. Please let's clap for them and celebrate them and appreciate them from the choir to the technicals to the ushers to the protocol, um, pastors that were mobilizing people, everyone that gave and everyone that gave sacrificially to cover the budget for the conference and we thank God that has been taken care of. Please let's appreciate everyone that served in one capacity or the other intercessors. People that prayed for the conference and we thank God for such an amazing time. Our lives will never remain the same again in Jesus name. I thought I would hear a louder amen. Praise God forevermore. All right. Um, I want to just talk to us um, as a pastor and a shepherd um, this morning. I'm sure I will preach and share some things. Um, 
Interestingly, Dr. K shared some amazing insights with us that I think I'm just going to touch on to communicate with us as well. And I, I want to ask everybody to pay attention and listen very, very intently. Um, sometimes for some people, one of the hardest things that um, one of the hardest things that leaders, pastors, businessmen, anyone in any leadership capacity find hardest to do. For some people, not everyone, some people, it's to convince them of that brighter future that they can see. Sometimes that's one of the most difficult challenges of leadership. And because even the leader himself, it's not like he has a perfect picture. You know, Peter said that the word of God is the sh more sure word of prophecy. And he said it's like a, sh a shining light in a dark place. That's an amazing analogy. He said it's, it's a shining light. Have you ever seen a light in a dark place? Whether it's a candle light or whether it's a headlight. The problem is that there's darkness all around it. In fact, you don't just see the light, you see the darkness. And many times the darkness may even be bigger than the light. In terms of the space and the ground, the darkness is covering. And that's how leaders see the future. It's, it's a dark light. I mean, it's a shining light in a dark place. You can't deny what you are seeing. But you also cannot ignore the darkness all around you. And Peter told us in that text that um, projection, if you can, I think it's first, I'm not sure what the verse is. If you can look up that, that scripture, put it up. He said, you do well. Tap your neighbor and say, do well this season. So you can do well, you can do poorly. Say you do well when you pay attention to it and you follow it. Please watch very carefully. You follow that light in a dark place until the sun. They call it the day star. But until the day dawns and the darkness now disappears and you are now in daylight. When it's daylight, uh, it's easy. When it's daylight, it's easy. Because we can now see everything. Oh, this is the healing God was talking about. Oh, this is the wonderful family God was talking about. Oh, this is the glorious destiny God was talking about. Oh, this is the prosperity God was... But it was there. In, in the darkness of the night, all those things God said was there. But it was invisible. All you could see was a light. Ah, ah. Darkness has covered the earth. God's darkness, the people. But God said, it's time for you to arise and shine. Tap your neighbor and say, arise. arise. Turn to another neighbor and say, shine. shine. Say, the, Lord has, the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. The Lord has risen upon you. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. So it's, it's darkness all around, but you can, God has given you a word. Hallelujah. 
We talked about that preparing for supernatural. That's the main thing that God does. He said, gather my saints together, those that have made the covenant with me. Those, those, those that have made the covenant with me by sacrifice. And the Lord will declare. That's the main thing. And did God speak to us at supernatural? Can I get a witness? You had a word from God. Anybody that attended? You know God spoke to you. We had powerful teachings, powerful insights, powerful worship. Even if you did not hear a word, you could have felt the presence of God. It was so tangible. Am I right or am I right? We had amazing impartations. And that's how God comes. And that's how God starts telling you about the future. It doesn't start with the day star or the morning sun or the daybreak. It starts as a light in the dark that you need to now pay attention to and follow as you navigate the darkness until the day dawns. I love what somebody said. There is no night so dark that the day did not break after. And there are some long nights. It's not every night that is 24. Oh, no, sorry. A typical night should be six hours, seven hours, naturally speaking. But just as it is in the natural, no matter how you wake up two o'clock and you couldn't even see your nose in the dark, <laughs> physically speaking, you know that in a few hours, even if Nepal has taken light and national grid has broken down, you, you can hope that in a few hours, the day will break. The same thing when you're talking about spiritual things or challenges we face, no matter how dark it is, hallelujah, one day, and sooner rather than later, can I hear a loud amen? amen. The day star will rise. But what you are supposed to do is not to give up in the darkness. Not to lose hope in the darkness. And more importantly, put up that Peter's text. Look at what he said. He said, um, we, we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed. So what you're supposed to be doing, if you're having to navigate through darkness, is to do well. You do well by doing what? Hearing what God is saying to us at this time. That it's your takeover season. There is a mountain God has ordained for you to be at the top of. There is an inheritance that God has for you. I don't care who I'm talking to. I don't care how broke you are, how broke you have been, what your past experiences have been. As long as you are in Christ, hallelujah. As long as you are born again, you're a child of God, and if you're a member of this church, and you know you can be a member of this church and not be born again. You should be. But as long as you are born again, and you are in this church with what God is telling us now, God is telling you there is something at the top for you. It doesn't have to be business. It doesn't have to be career. It doesn't have to be politics. It doesn't have to be entertainment. It doesn't have to be necessarily be one of the popular mountains. But you've got to 
take heed. Hallelujah. As a light that shines in the dark place. So maybe that's all you have right now. There's nothing else that looks like you are going to be great around you. But you have a word. Can I hear somebody say, I have a word. I'm not feeling somebody this morning. Shout, I have a word. If I was to rank people, I think it's Pastor Barry I'm feeling the most this morning. Does somebody want to take over Pastor Barry's position? Let me hear you shout, I have a word. The last shall be first. I like your strategy. <laughs> Making the most impact. <laughs> Praise God. Listen to me and listen to me very well. You've got to take this thing. One of the worst mistakes you can make at a time like this is to wait for something to happen. No, you make it happen. Somebody say, I'm making my takeover happen. Don't expect it to drop on your lap. One of the things I've been telling you recently and I've told you over the years, there is no day, no day of your life that God does not send a miracle your way. No day of your life. told us that he daily loads us with benefits. I love what David said in that psalm. He said, even the rebellious. So God doesn't do miracles because you are doing well, or you have done right, or you prayed right, or you fasted right. No. God does miracles because that's his nature. The day God wakes up and he doesn't do miracles for human beings, God will cease to be God. The sun shines on everybody. The rain falls on every nation. Hallelujah. There is no day that miracles are not happening. The only thing that you have to now train yourself is to be aware of your miracle. Talked about this while praying for supernatural. Be aware. And understand that your miracle will not always come as a finished product. So if you are waiting for it to drop on your lap, you will miss it. Classic example, and I think I mentioned this to us, like when God gave the children of Israel manna. And if you read the details, yes, they could eat the manna raw, it came, the way it came. But for all intents and purposes, for those 40 years, that manna was like the flour they are using to break bread. They would take it and they would bake bread with it and eat bread. God didn't give them bread. He could have given them bread. He has that power. God will not give you clothes. He will give you a tree. God will not give you a job. He will give you an interview. Hello? God will not give you a promotion in that sense at work. He will create a challenge at work that you have to solve. Then your boss will notice you and they will promote you. So the tree is a miracle. The manna is a miracle. The appointment, um, the interview is a miracle. The problem, the crisis in the palace or your workplace or in the nation, it doesn't look like a miracle sometimes. It doesn't feel like a miracle 
But that is God walking mysteriously in your life. And you've got to learn to develop the right perspective. One of the things we shared is that if you're going to take over, you've got to renew your mind. Ah! We can teach, in fact, we're going to be teaching mind renewal forever. You've got to know how to think the way God thinks. God doesn't see things the way men see things. So perhaps for the average Nigerian at a time like this in our nation, the best option may be, ah, I'm checking out, I'm leaving the country, I'm jackpying, and, and I'm not pulling down people that want to jackpot, people that have jackpot. So Sorry to say that you are the subject matter of many sermons these days. But don't worry, the season will pass. <laughs> you won't be the main topic again. There's not anybody trying to attack you. It's just that that's what's happening. That's the trend in the nation. And the average person may be looking at Nigeria like, ah, we need to leave that place. God's mindset may be you to be running into Nigeria now. Not that God is ignoring that there's crisis in Nigeria. No. Not that God is ignoring that there's first crisis in the country. No. But in the midst of all that darkness, hallelujah, God has hidden something precious for someone. Am I talking to somebody this morning? In the midst of that darkness. Right there in the midst. In the midst of that crisis. And you have to learn to start thinking that way. We talked about David. Came to the battlefront. Every other soldier in Saul's army saw Goliath, the mountain, the problem, the difficulty, a giant too big to kill. David had a renewed mind. He saw a giant too big to miss. They both saw giants. Hello? And they were right. But the perspective of David was different. Can you tap a neighbor and tell somebody this morning, change your mindset? Have a fresh perspective. Don't let the darkness dampen or corrupt the way you think. You don't have to tell them that one. Let them listen to that one myself. I'm telling you the truth. Praise God forevermore. So if you're that person that you're still struggling, is this takeover for me? I'm telling you it's for you. I can't see what to take over. Pay heed to it like a light that shines in the dark. And when God tells you, look at what he said. I'm not asking you to see a physical light. He's telling you to pay attention to the word. So all you may have is that there is a prophecy that says I am meant to take over. That may be all you have. Or my pastor is preaching. My apostolic oversight is declaring that God said this is takeover season. That may be all you have. Romans 10 says you should use that to build faith. Said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Said how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach except they be sent? So one way we get faith is when we hear what our preacher is preaching. 
and we take it to the world being preached over and over and over again like a light in the midst of world scarcity. Am I talking to somebody this morning? See, this is how takeover looks. Sometimes you read about the children of Israel and it's so easy to say, ah, I will not be like them. Put yourself in their shoe. Go with me. Let me start again from 1 Corinthians chapter 10. This is what Apostle Paul was addressing in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And how you live and navigate your life this season is vital. I told you before supernatural. On one level, we are preparing for a conference. And that's good. Or a convention that has come and gone. But on a deeper level, we are preparing for a season, a takeover season. Can I hear somebody shout, my takeover season is now. And every time you make those declarations, every time you read these promises, every time you hear these prophecies, allow it to stir faith in your heart. Hallelujah. God will not fail you. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. I, I, one of the things I'm believing God for is like what God did for the children of Israel when he brought them out of Egypt. The psalmist said he brought them out with silver and gold. Everybody that came out of Egypt with Moses was loaded with silver and gold. And he said there was not one feeble among their tribes. Everyone that was a part of them. And if you read the story very well, some of them were not even Jews. In fact, they were the people that caused, part of the people that caused problems for them in the wilderness. The Bible called them the mixed multitude. They were the first people, the people that were not Jews, they were the first people that their faith started failing them. When the harshness or the darkness of the desert started putting pressure on their flesh, they were the people that were started talking unbelief. And they corrupted all the other children of Israel. Mixed multitude. But interestingly, because they aligned themselves with Moses and with that move of God for that time, all of them came out with silver and gold. Somebody shout all. Ah, that all is not a shout. Shout aloud all. Let me look at your neighbor and say, that includes you. And all of them came out healed. So God has a record where he can deliver all. Hallelujah. There were times in Jesus' ministry that they brought all the people to him and the Bible said he healed them all. Let me hear somebody shout all again this morning. All of us can take over our possessions. All of us can possess our mountains. All of us can come into our rest. All of us can walk in our inheritance. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? God's word is not just for some few people. Hallelujah. It's not just for a few select people. Some people may look like they are nothing today, but they are the people God has in mind as well. And you need to start seeing yourself as that. So when we call prayer, you join because you know that's my prayer. When we call fasting, you join because you know that's my fasting. 
When we call for service, you join. Because you know that's my stewardship that I bring you to my next level. And you don't let the darkness extinguish the light that is shining in the dark. Hallelujah. Somebody just close your eyes for a moment. And just stretch out your hands like I'm doing this morning. Say, I can see my light in a dark place. Come on, convince yourself. I can see my light shining. I can see my prophetic word shining. I can see what God has in store for me shining in the dark. And I will hold on to it. I will take heed to it until the morning sun arises. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we are now in the thick of it. The conference has come and gone. We are now moving further and further in the season. Where we now have to practically. Can somebody say that word with me this morning? Practically. Practice takeover. Practically practice takeover. If God will know what to do, and that's what all these teachings and instructions are all about. And if God will apply them to yourself, you will not necessarily have to apply everything that is being taught, no. But I pray that you will be sensitive in your heart. So when the Holy Ghost begins to tell you, that's what you have to focus on now. That's what you have to do right now. This is for you. You will respond to it. Can somebody shout, I hear? 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant. Oh, let me read the New King James, please. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate of the same spiritual food, all drank of the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. In other words, all of them went for supernatural 2022. Bringing it to our context. All of them had access to the messages on YouTube. All of them came for the prayer meetings. And they received miracles. Water came out of the rock for them. Food fell from the sky. There was a pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire. They, they experienced all those things. Verse 5. But with most of them, God was not well pleased for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. And he's talking to us. Look at verse 6. Now, this became our example. Said the, the wilderness church, there, there's a lesson we should learn from them. And this is the lesson. This became our example. And look at what the mistakes they made. These are the non-takeover practices that they practiced. Please follow me very, very, very well this morning. Follow me. God is not a complicated God. Hello, somebody. Neither is he a wicked God. Neither will he make a promise that he does not intend to fulfill. 
Can he say something and will he not do it? But that wasn't these people's story. And look at what he told us. These were the errors. To the intent that they should not lust after evil things. As they also lusted. So for some of them that was their problem. Their lust and affection was after evil things. Not after God. And do not become idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose to play. So as they were going through that wilderness, some of them started worshipping idols and doing evil things. That was the mistake of some of them. Now, you probably say, well, thank God, that's not my own. Verse 8. It now starts coming closer and closer. No, let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. That was what tripped some of them. Look at me, everybody. I think this is very relevant to us in the 21st century. So they were in a takeover season. They were experiencing the pre-tastes of what God was about to do for them. But it was still like a light in a dark place. They, were, they have to go through a desert. Have you ever traveled through a desert? Not Katao. <laughs> Katao is 21st century desert. <laughs> Everybody's looking at Katao now and it's, wow. All these Middle Eastern countries, they've, they've removed, it, it wasn't, it was raw desert. And it weighed on their flesh. Please hear me and hear me very well. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. It's weighed on their flesh. Today it will be like you went for spiritual, you came back, and when you came back, first scarcity now started. Or perhaps you came home and the financial challenges that were there before, it has now gotten worse. Or maybe somebody lost a job or something pressuring you. And the response of these people, when the pressure of the desert hit them, some of them turned to idolatry, which they knew in Egypt. That's, that's all they knew. Some of them turned to sexual immorality, which they knew. Some of them turned to doing evil. Maybe stole somebody's money. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. What does that mean? They rose up to have sex with people they were not married to. Let us not commit sexual immorality as some of them did, and in one day 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of the serpents. You know that temptation that the devil came to Jesus and told him, Jump. As God not said, please hear me very well, he will give his angels charge over you. He twisted the scripture and told Jesus to do something that it was obvious that wasn't the intention of God when God said what he said. And Jesus rebuked the devil and said, no. The scripture also says you should not tempt God. So be, be careful when thoughts come to your head that is twisting what God is trying to say. And pushing you to do something contrary to it. It's not, that's not what God meant. Am I talking to somebody this morning? 
This is the main thing I want to hammer on. Verse 10. Nor complain. Ah, and there's so many reasons to complain in Nigeria. I think First Cassidy has come back to number one on the list now. Please hear me. I don't think this is a coincidence. I mean, it's, it fits into the MO of Satan. Where, when he can't stop what God wants to do, because he can't, and he can't stop you from hearing what God wants to do, and he can't stop you from moving closer and closer. This is after Egypt. You will have thought Satan will give up after Egypt. No! He knows what he can do. He knows what he can't do. <laughs> Hallelujah. Eh? He can't stop us from having supernatural. He can't stop us from having a glorious conference. He can't stop God's word from coming to us. He can't stop us from receiving the word of God with joy. Did somebody receive the word of God with joy? But let me tell you what you can do. After you come home, the week after the conference, there can be full scarcity. And if you don't know what to do, because this is where I'm going. What do you do when there's full scarcity? Now, option one is to complain. As some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Verse 11, now all these things happen to them as examples. Somebody say, my example. I can't hear you this morning. Say, my example. Because some of you think they are talking about the people somewhere else. No, they are talking to us. Don't move too much, but if you have been doing more complaining over the last three, four days, he's talking to you. And I can empathize with you. I live in this country. You may have reason to complain. Someone, somebody may even be complaining. I don't know about you. I was watching some of the World Cup matches. Ah, Nigeria is not even in the World Cup. <laughs> I was watching England. I mean, human beings, and look at what he's saying. When you complain, particularly when you go into some dangerous spiritual, you open the door for the devil. England won, please listen to me, just as a, it's human flesh. They won their first game in the World Cup, 6 2. Everybody was shouting. The second game, everybody expected them to win. They drew. They didn't lose, oh. Hello? They drew. Yeah, it was a bit disappointing. But people now now complaining, sack the coach, sack this. Ah! I'm just using that as a simple example. I'm telling you on one level or another, look, you are in a takeover season. God is taking you from where you are to where he has ordained for you. But it's like a light that is shining in a dark place. It's like traveling through a desert. There is going to be challenges. There's going to be pressure on your flesh. And one of the things you're going to have to deal with is the temptation to complain. And to grumble. I believe if you look at the King James, it was the word grumble that King James used. And Paul says this is why they did not take over. Verse 11. 
Now all these things happened to them as examples and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the age has come. In other words, they were written for those of us in 2022. Therefore, and this is my admonition to us this morning, therefore, let that person that thinks he stands take heed. You will not fall in Jesus' name. Your business will not fall in Jesus' name. Your marriage will not fail in Jesus' name. The future of your children will not be truncated in Jesus' name. Your health will not fail in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Why? God, God wants you to take over. Verse 13. No fuel scarcity situation or economic situation, or any other temptation as overtaking you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Every challenge that comes your way, look at me everybody, it's a stepping stone for you. It's a test for you to pass. If God wasn't going to use it for his glory, he wouldn't have allowed it to come to you. Hallelujah. God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, glory be to God, He will also make a way of escape. Hallelujah. Can I tell you what you need to be doing? And this is our, this is our focus this week. I think we're still going to be continuing focusing on one thing or the other this week. Anytime you are tempted to complain, anytime you are tempted to grumble, make up your mind, I'm going to thank God instead. Hallelujah. Rather than complain, rather than grumble, I will thank God. Can I hear somebody shout, I will thank God? I still didn't hear you say, I will thank God. Hallelujah. I love the way Dr. K wrote it here. I want to just share a few things with that Dr. K sent to us. So, he said what we should do is thanksgiving. In other words, you are going to make thanksgiving your lifestyle. Praise God. Can somebody say thanksgiving? thanksgiving. Say it again. Thanksgiving. thanksgiving. So, I'm living my life as I'm observing this word of prophecy to me there is a light in the darkness all around me I'm going to do it with thanksgiving I'm going to be thanking God hallelujah no go finish for my mouth hallelujah hallelujah no go finish for my mouth praise God Let me share a few things with you here. Just some of the things Dr. K wrote here. Thanksgiving is a lifestyle that makes, I mean, thanksgiving is a lifestyle that makes thanksgiving a constant practice. Somebody say, this season. I'm not hearing you. This season, thanksgiving will be my constant practice. That, that's what you need for takeover. Even when things don't happen the way you want it to happen, the Bible says in all things, hallelujah, give thanks. 
in all things. You, you look for something. Hallelujah. I love that old saying. Someone said he wanted to buy a pair of shoes. He didn't have money. He now started thanking God that he had two feet. Hallelujah. Praise God. You, you, want, you go to the petrol station. You queue. And after four hours, they now say they are not selling. And you could just see the pump. Have you been there before? Thank God that you have a car. I mean, that's enough to complain, no? In, in fact, that's enough to scatter it for them in that petrol station. And really go all out and demonstrate your flesh. And as they are doing that, Satan is just saying, yeah, that's good, that's good. Let me just collect your takeover. You are not ready. <laughs> you will come back next time. They are not takeover in your church. But you just thank God. Praise God. You, you find a reason, hallelujah, to give God thanks in the midst of the darkness. It is a practice, day-to-day -day practice that makes thanksgiving possible. Hallelujah. So say with me all through this week. I'm thanking God. I'm praising God. I'm thanking him that he has brought me to another month end. I can't hear somebody this morning. I'm thanking God that he has brought me to another year end. I thank God I have not lost my mind. I thank God that I'm, I'm, I'm healthy. I thank God I have food to eat. Ah, somebody said I don't have food to eat. I thank God I have a stomach. And I will thank God that we have food to eat tomorrow. Tomorrow comes, you know, food I thank God I have water to drink. Block everything that is trying to make you grumble. Because you know you are going somewhere. <laughs> Praise God. See, this is you walking through the wilderness now. This is you, those, that generation that failed to enter their inheritance. We are now in their shoes. And while it's easy to look at them and say, ah, look at these people calling themselves grasshopper when they saw giants. Your own giant is now for scarcity. What are you calling yourself? What are you saying about yourself? And there's only one right answer. The right answer is, Father, I give you thanks. If you are not giving thanks when the thing is biting you, Fuel is biting you here. Nepa is biting you here. Somebody just stole your money. Another brother in church just duped you of a business. You had one story about one sister that's been hiding your husband. And it's as if you are tagged left, right, and center. If you can't thank God, you might as well start calling yourself a grasshopper in the sight of your giant. And you need to be that smart that I'm in a season where God is taking me into my rest and Satan is trying to pour sand into my garret. And my practice. I love the title Dr. K called this man. He said, Recipe for Takeover. It's the same thing, similar to what I've been sharing with us. Things you need to focus on. If you're going to take over, you have to be prayerful. You have to renew your mind. You have to walk in love. How many people here still believe that God has their back? Hello? God has my back. You will hear news, sometimes sad news of people you know that things happen to them. Maybe somebody passed away. Or, I mean, shocking news. But when you hear those things, how do you respond? Am I talking to somebody this morning? Because that's pressure attacking your flesh. And what Satan wants is for you to complain, to grumble, to do evil, to do idolatry, to lust after other things. 
but that will not be our portion. Somebody say, I'm taking over. And I will possess my possession. Praise God. Thanksgiving is an expression of gratitude towards the source of your supplies. Does somebody understand that God is a source of supply? I just told you a moment ago, there is no day of your life that God doesn't send a miracle your way. The supply is always flowing. Hallelujah. The grace is always flowing. The mercy is always flowing. And I want to just thank God for it. Can you lift your hands for 10 seconds and God give, just give God thanks. Thank him for a new day. Thank him for breath. Thank him for sight in your eyes. Sound in your ears. Thank him for health in your body. Thank him for the provisions he has made. Don't worry about what you have not seen. Thank God for the one you are enjoying now. You are enjoying some things now. God is the source of that supply. Don't worry about the one million you need to pay your rent that hasn't come in. Thank God for the air that you are breathing. And when you thank God for the air that you are breathing, he is the same source. He will provide for the other things. But when you are too stupid to thank God for what you have, and you are busy complaining about what you don't have, you cut off. That will not be your portion. Hallelujah. It's an expression of gratitude towards the source of the supply. For thanksgiving to be effective, God must be seen clearly as the source of every good thing and every perfect thing. James 1.17 says God sends us every good gift and every perfect gift. Hallelujah. And the psalmist said, I believe it's Psalm 68, that he does it daily. Is somebody grateful in this house? Hallelujah. I already mentioned this, but it's worth reiterating. Thanksgiving is the will, the choice, the desire, the pleasure of God for you in Christ. Right now, look at me, somebody. Right now, you want to know God's will for your life? Ah, I don't know God's will for my life. Ah, I don't know. Am I supposed to be a pastor? Am I supposed to be? I'm not sure. Well, let's give you a very simple answer. God's will for you now is to thank him. Thank him. His choice. Ah, I wish Pastor T would just thank me. No, God is looking at you. I wish Pastor Shola is looking. I just wish Pastor Shola will thank me. His desire. I, 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 my desire. Can I have one desire for Minister Nana? If you will just thank me. That's God's will. Wherever you find yourself. Praise God. It's only natural for a new creation in Christ Jesus to show gratitude constantly. I love this thing Pastor Dr. K kept saying, and he says it again, doing supernatural. God does not have to do another miracle for you. Ah, 
that Jesus died for us on the cross is more than enough for us to be thanking God forever. He doesn't have to do another miracle for us. He will because he can't help himself. But he doesn't have to. And what he has done is enough. Praise God. Is somebody still glad to be here? So as a new creation in Christ, you should be thanking God. And I'm telling you that, that, that that's the way you should live your life. This takeover season. Praise God. Just a few more. I just thought that will help you. What am I supposed to be doing? Thanks living. Thanks living. Thanks living. Living in a space of gratitude. Hallelujah. Thanksgiving should not only be based on what God has manifested, but rather on his word and his promises and his prophecies. We can thank God for the prophecies that we have not yet seen in manifestation. So somebody can start thanking God for their takeover right now. Hello? Are you that person that will thank God for your takeover again right now? Right where you're seated, can you just take 10 seconds and thank God? What eye has not seen, what ear has not heard, what hasn't entered the hearts of men yet that God has planned for me? Father, I thank you for it. I thank you for it. I thank you for it. Come on, go ahead. Thank him, thank him, thank him. Hallelujah. We thank him for what we have not seen yet. We thank him for his promises. Thanksgiving is proof that we believe the word of God. Hallelujah. I love this one. Thanksgiving is a door opener. Praise God. Will somebody want to experience open doors this takeover season? I can't hear you. Will you, will you want to experience open doors? Do you want open doors to new levels of promotion and elevation? Then be full of thanksgiving. It's a door opener. Nothing stirs up the supernatural flow of God more than thanksgiving. Hallelujah. It's also important that we should note that thank. I'm going to share this note in our, because there's some scriptures here because of time. I'm going to put this in all our chat rooms, the zonal chat rooms, so you can go back and look at the scriptures. And I believe we are going to do this all through this season. I believe so. Dr. K is going to give us some specific words that God gave him for our takeover season. Hallelujah. Until all of us are loaded with silver and gold and none of us is feeble. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. Thanksgiving is incomplete without joy. Hallelujah. Please let me talk two or three people on your row and tell them rejoice evermore. Rejoice, rejoice evermore. Rejoice always. Rejoice. Find a reason to be joyful. Hallelujah. Thanksgiving is incomplete or prayer is incomplete without thanks. Philippians 4, 6, 4, 6 says that. That we should make all our requests with thanksgiving. And finally here, thanksgiving enhances your ability to receive more grace. Could you do with more grace this season? Talk to me, somebody. Hallelujah. Could somebody do with some more favor? If you can be thankful right where you are, 
it does what? It enhances your ability to receive more grace. Indirectly, thanksgiving increases the believer's capacity to receive grace needed for your takeover. Hallelujah. It does what? Thanksgiving increases the believer's capacity to receive grace needed for your takeover. And he referred us here to the story of Abraham, Romans chapter 4. And the Bible said Abraham did something. He staggered not at the promises of God. I mean, this was when Abraham was waiting to receive the promise of Isaac. A hundred years old. His wife, 90 years old. She had never carried a baby in her womb. But the Bible told us something. He, he staggered not as impracticable as that promise sounded. Maybe you are here this morning, your takeover looks impossible. In fact, you say your own is not impossible, it's impossicant. Looks very unlikely. That's where Abraham was. God came and told him, by this time next year, according to the time of life, your wife will have a child. The Bible says Sarah laughed. We have stopped having sex. She didn't put it that way, but I said, ah, this time, that me, 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 my husband, we have retired. Till today, the Bible didn't tell us how that miracle happened. Well, it did actually. Because when you read Hebrews, the Bible said, by faith, Sarah received strength. And the same thing must have happened to Abraham. They had stopped meeting as man and wife. When, so that's why she laughed. <laughs> and as they were walking in faith with that word, and Romans foretold us that the way Abraham did it was he kept giving glory to God, he kept thanking God. And instead of thanking God, strength came inside their body. Their capacities were restored. They were able to meet. She conceived. She had strength to carry the baby to full time. See, what was happening? God was supplying grace. Hallelujah. Supplying grace. As Abraham did what? Gave glory to God. Praise God. Oh, it's easy to read about the children of Israel, and say they didn't make it to their promised land. That's very easy. But the same thing is staring us in the face right now. Same thing. And the easiest thing is to, ah, the promise is not for me, it's for you. Hebrews says that there still remains a rest for the children of God. The same God that promised them you will take over this land that is occupied by giants, it is for you. I'm going to give it to you and to your children. God is saying this, that to us today. So what we need to do is, what are the things we need to do? Hallelujah. We need to thank God as a lifestyle. Can you rise on your feet this morning? And even before they start playing on the instruments, I just want you to begin to thank God. How will you thank God on Monday? Right where you are, just begin to thank him. How will you thank him on Tuesday? Don't wait for me or don't wait for anybody. How will you thank God if you got a negative report this week? Something that you are not expecting. Begin to thank him right where you are. Begin to thanks living. How will you thank God if you were expecting something and then there was a disappointment that showed up? How will you thank him? How will you thank him? 
Oh, it's easy to thank God. <laughs> like the worship leader told us money, when you open your phone and you see a 20 million alert, and that will happen. That is when the day star arises. But before the 20 million alert came, how will you thank God? Don't wait for anything. I said, begin to demonstrate how you will thank God. How will you thank God on a Friday morning? How will you thank God if you had to rush your child to the hospital? How will you thank God if somebody stole something from you this week? How will you thank him? Oh, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? Yeah, yeah. Many times on the way to your takeover, there may be challenges here and there. But will you practice thanks living? Will you be grateful? Will you be thankful? Oh, yakata yala brakado satanda. Thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God. Some of you, I'm concerned. If you can't thank God in the church on your own, this is no worship leader. This is just you. There won't be worship leader Friday morning when you need to thank God. Oh, yeah, you can turn on YouTube when you're in your house. But I'm telling you some of the things you have to deal with. You will not even know how to turn on a computer or anything. It must be something that flows out of your spirit. Demonstrates how you will thank God as a lifestyle all through this takeover season. Thank him, thank him, thank him, thank him, thank him, thank him. Somebody, you need to throw your hands up in the air. <laughs> throw your hands up in the air and give God thanks. Somebody, you need to open your mouth. Somebody, you need to lift your voice and say, Abba, Father, I am grateful. I am thankful. Somebody, you need to dance and spin right where you are. Oh, thank him, thank him, thank him, thank him, thank him, thank him. Thanks, living. I'm not thanking God just because it's praise and worship time in church. I'm thanking God because I recognize I'm on my way to take over. And thanksgiving or thanks living is one of the things I need in my arsenal. I'm grateful. I am thankful. I appreciate you. I celebrate you. And I understand as I thank God, more grace. <laughs> like Abraham, as I give glory to God, my faith is strengthened. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 00640.